The more I go inwards and figure out the silly little things that I like, like the, like the really stupid stuff, I really try to hone in on that and expose it and just like fully expose it because it adds to this thing that I'm doing. I realize that like the more I learn about myself, the more I can put myself into my art. All right, we're here back in the studio with the Indie LA podcast. We have our special guest with us, Stratos. Welcome, man. Thank you. Good to have you here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Stratos, saxophonist, composer, producer, photographer. Is there anything else on that list I'm missing? Yeah. What don't you do? Uh, I mean, I, I do some videography, you know, but that's it's on the down low. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your your saxophone story because I know uh, that that's quite a pathway to take, like musically. So, how did you get started? Um, what was that bug that bit you as a as a kid to get you started with that? Yeah. Well, my family. Um, everyone's like sort of music, like a music appreciator. Um, you know, we have a lot of. Um, I mean, my my dad's from Barbados, so I, I grew up listening to reggae. Mom's from Detroit, so I grew up listening to a lot of Motown and soul music and. Um, to be honest, as a kid, I didn't like any of it. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's, it, because it was very, you know, not only that, but my, my, uh, my middle sister Clarissa is a cellist. So we listened to a lot of orchestral music. Um, my sister Mari is a, is a singer. So we used to listen to, you know, a wide range of stuff. So I heard a lot, but I, as a kid, I kind of knew like, I need to figure out what I like first. And, and, you know, so I, I thought I didn't like those those styles okay and then i heard i think i was maybe six or seven i heard what i now think is sonny rollins and i was just like whatever that is i need to i need to do what, what that is. Wow. and it, it was the saxophone so as early as i can remember i wanted to be a saxophone player i wanted to do jazz i wanted to you know that was it and then later you know i started to appreciate the styles of music that i grew up with but it was it was on my own terms you know i, I discovered oh, gotcha. it for myself and that sort of thing. So I kind of had to start somewhere and then grow outward. That's kind of uh, what it was like for me. Yeah, so. dude, that's that's really interesting. I, I actually have a, a similar story kind mm-hmm. of. Um, like in my household, it was all Prince. Mm-hmm. Prince, Prince, Prince. Every time I got mm-hmm. into the car, in the house. Um, and as, as a kid too, just like you, hated it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't appreciate it at all. Um, and I, I think I was kind of looking for like an outlet or sort of like my own route. And um, yeah, the the first time I heard uh, um, the first time I heard the saxophone was on a uh, on a mixtape, a burned tape. Um, had two tracks on it. It had uh, John Coltrane, Big Nick, mm. and uh, it had uh, Average White Man, Pick Up the Pieces, <laughs> funk track, right? Like two like intro, polar yeah. opposites, yeah, like of track. But I I noticed the the saxophone in both of them, and and how versatile it was and i was like this is this is what i want to do like this is a cool sound like i i I can't believe how like you know different this instrument can be yeah and i think a lot of times too like um i mean at least for me like the saxophone you know maybe it wasn't as out of nowhere maybe it was a little more obvious because you know like i said my dad listened to a lot of a lot of reggae you know he's from barbados and um a lot of that music has you know saxophones trumpets trombones and my dad, being a non-musician, didn't know like what a saxophone. What he couldn't differentiate the between sounds, the but yeah, between the horns. But he knew like, like but he he thought they were all just a saxophone. He just was like, I, I know what the word saxophone is, so like that must be. So he always kind of pushed me. He was like, Well, I really like this, and 
I've never been able to do it. Mm -hmm. And if I, you know, could do it again. So I think there was a little bit of influence there, even though he wasn't like pushing me. I guess you. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's embedded everywhere, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. How old were you when you actually picked it up? So when I was 10, I think a lot of people in like, you know, the public elementary school system, you pick your recorder up in fourth grade and your real mm -hmm. instrument up in fifth grade. So oh, yep. I yep. started in fifth grade. Um, they really wanted me to play violin because I had really long fingers. And I knew that if I like purposefully sucked at it, they wouldn't make me do it. So <laughs> when I got to the violin, I was like, yeah, this is great, right? You know, and the flute was like, Pfft. and then when the saxophone came, I, I tried my hardest. So they let me play saxophone and it was, yeah, it was over from there. So Okay. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, um, I mean, talk to me about how you got into your other things. Like, um, like what, what was your first experience, um, like composing? Like when did you find that, like that was kind of one of your, one of your things? Um, I think I wrote like, I wrote like a, a, a bunch of, a bunch of really bad tunes like in high school i was like let me, sure. let me just try to figure it out you know what this is because i uh we had it, I, I went to two two high schools um one of them was it was like my main high school where i graduated from and then okay. the other school i would go just because they had um this special jazz program and i would go there for i'd go there like once like an hour or two for the day um and one of the students there was a you know great player but also a great composer and so you know, I mean, me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little competitive and, you know, I saw, I was like, I, I want whatever that is. Like, I want to do that. So okay. that's when I started, you know, trying to write some stuff and, you know, I was writing it out on paper. I didn't know what transposition was. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we, we all played it and then, you know, they indulged me and, and we played, I can't, I think it was like an arrangement of like Lady Bird or something. And, um, I was like, really intoxicated by the power of like, oh, I wrote that and you played it. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. was like really, you know. So from there, I, I I tried to learn as much as I could from, you know, composition. I mean, I, you know that mm -hmm. at Western, there's a big, big, um, you know, a lot of opportunities to big, to write as much as you want. And so, yeah, I think I think that's how it started for me. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's, there's something special about um, creating something <coughs> of your own and like, like like you said, having other people like share that experience, like like oh you just played that line that I wrote down, mm -hmm. you know like and even that if it's came bad, from me, yeah. yeah exactly. Then even I'm if like, it's terrible. I know how to <laughs> yeah. yeah now I can see your creation come to life. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I can recall um, like senior year of high school, uh, Billy's Bounce was the track, mm. <laughs> and I wrote a little like horn solely um, uh, for for Blake and I and another uh, trombone player and. Um, yeah, that that was kind of like my first taste into it, just like the handwriting, getting that down on paper and uh, figuring that out. I have no idea how it sounded. I, thank God there's no more recordings of it. Um, but that was kind of what, um, yeah, yeah, from from there I was hooked. Um, I knew that that was going to be my focus, like moving into to, to school. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, being immersed in that culture of, uh, of musicians, like everybody willing to try your thing. Mm -hmm. um, putting bands together mm -hmm. like that 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 really kind of like allowed me to like flourish that talent I think yeah that I agree because that was that was a big part of it for me you know I started at a time where you know, you're in college the people you're writing for are your your peers and everyone's just willing to you know to, to play stuff and for me I was I think in college I I mean I just tried to take advantage of every possible aspect so mm -hmm. when I got to school I was like hey Rufus, you know, like 
I know you don't know me, but like, let's for those who don't know, Rufus Ferguson, shout out, uh, <laughs> best best pianist in in all of the Midwest. Amazing, um, you know. But anyway, I would I would I would grab Rufus and I'd be like, hey, like, can you you know can you do this for me? Can you blah blah blah? And he would indulge me. He'd be like, yeah, like, he was this kid who's like super annoying, but you know, a lot of the older people at you know at school would would help you out, and I really tried to use that to just you know learn like everything, like how how to make my charts look so so readable that you you know you can't can't say anything other than like yeah i just need to shed this you know mm-hmm. stuff like that just like learning what people know like learning all that hands on experience i feel like um uh at western was just yeah it was just available so yeah it was a lot of fun that's amazing uh, yeah, side note, Rufus Ferguson and Hootie actually played at my sister's wedding. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 re- I reached out to a bunch of people because I was already living out here. Um, she asked me to play horn and uh, reached out to some piano players. He's the only one who got back to me, dude. And I, dude, I wrote, <laughs> that's Rufus. Yeah, dude, he's the guy. Love him. Um, I wrote an arrangement of like a Prince track to like play down the aisle for nice. her. So like, yeah, it was really special. I love that. Um, talk to me about your other avenues because like, um, being a producer is a little different than being a composer. Mm. So, like, how did you get that into your world, and like, how are you applying that to your everyday like lifestyle now? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think I think my journey just with like with everything has just been, you know, kind of discovering like what the final you know version is, which like you know we're all doing in, in different ways. But for me, like when I started writing, I had all these ideas, like, okay, yeah, you know super into these, I'm super into Maria Schneider, I'm super into Frank Karlberg, I'm super into, you know, like just the heavyweights of composition. And I think it's good to to get into that for a bit, but I noticed there were some differences, you know, with me. Like I, you know, I like to do things a little bit differently. I like to, you know, so like, for example, I noticed that my compositions, I was, you know, so, I mean, we're, for musicians out there, y'all know we're using some sort of like notation software, using Sibelius or Finale or whatever. And I noticed that the tunes that I would write, I would write them so that like they were bearable to listen to in Sibelius. Yeah. Which means like, like repetition, you know, like something happening at some time. Like I couldn't stand just like the, you know, so that's why my, my tunes, I think, developed to be like really specific, really composed, that sort of thing. And then I realized... I was like, oh, I'm just making beats in Sibelius. Uh-huh. And then I was like, maybe I should try to just make beats or, or something. And you know, maybe I should try to produce. And sure. so from there, I kind of, I think I think I tried to get logic, tried to, you know, whatever the ones, the first couple of months is everything is bad. Where mm-hmm. it's just everything is bad. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're trying to teach yourself both like, you know, songwriting and production. You know, I think that was that was one of the things that was hard because you know, when you're when trying to learn production by yourself, you know, you might be going on YouTube, stuff like that. And a lot of the tutorials are people teaching you, um, you know, people teaching people like, this is how you, you know, this is how you start a beat to someone who maybe doesn't compose or doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's hand in hand. So I had to like figure out how to separate what I need and what I don't need. What I need is, what I needed was like, okay, this is how you, you know, like make a return track. This is, but I don't need like, this is how you go to the B section of a tune. You know, yeah, I was like, so that, right. you know, kind of like creating your own curriculum mm-hmm. um, was was like a really tough, tough thing at the very beginning. And just like learning what I don't know, trying to identify my weaknesses. And like the more you do, like the easier it gets to teach yourself. Um, so yeah, I just, I just started and I made, you know, I had my, you know, making 
bad beats. I'm trying to do mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, I, at first, I'm, I'm like making beats and I'm not even really like a beat maker. I'm just like, that's all I can do. You know, that's like right. a part of the language. So um, slowly things started to transition where I'm like, okay, I can incorporate like my actual style of music because I'm, I'm figuring out how to like record live instruments and, mm-hmm. you know, use different kind of gear and like try to capture things myself and, and you know, moving away from that and, and using it as an actual tool. So yeah, that's, I think that's probably the whole approach I've taken to my production. And it's all, I mean, as, as most people are, it's all self-taught. It's all just, you know, whatever I think sounds good and, mm-hmm. and, and can try, you know. So. Cool. Um, I know you, you graduated from Western. 2020 with your master's if i'm not mistaken yep mm-hmm. yeah um make making that transition where you're surrounded by musicians and artists that are kind of all collaborating and helping each other into this space where you're like you said teaching yourself and doing different things has that been a, a drastic change for you yeah um i think like i think the most the most drastic is like figuring out like what works for me um like in terms of in terms of like collaborating and like what what I want to do, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean I mean out here it's 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 just amazing because just everything is out here and, and you know everyone is out here and there's there's so many flavors to you know to choose from I I think I mean uh, one of my one of my friends and mentors um, bass player John A Bear um, was telling me like I mean he was just talking to me and he was like you know the way he speaks is is he's just he's not like oh this person's good oh this person's bad it's more of just like that's the flavor that i want that's the flavor that i want and and in michigan it was really nice to have like flavors that i really were familiar with and everything you know and and kind of in your bubble exactly you know mm-hmm. that I, I i know the limits i know the the strengths and i can really do that but you have a limited palette mm-hmm. and out here it's been really exciting just being like wow like it doesn't matter what drummer i choose for this thing it's going to be at that certain level, but they'll all be different. And that's like, that changes my writing process and how I think about stuff now that you have this, you know, thing available. Because I mean, we, it, you know, our community is so small. Once you, like, once you start to just get to know people, it's just like, let's play, you know, like, let's do something. That's kind of, so people that I barely know, you know, it's just a matter of like, hey, let's get to know each other and then I want you to play this thing. So sure, that's, that's, been, that's been like a really, like kid in a candy store kind of thing for me. Um, being here that's so awesome yeah well on that note you mentioned being here you came out obviously from michigan mm. you're in la now what's that been like for you how do you you, you you enjoy being in la it's kind of like like you said you have um you're collaborating with new people you're kind of moving outside your bubble learning different sounds different flavors mm-hmm. yeah that's been that's been a lot of it um i think i was i was uh really lucky to have just like a lot of people out here i mean marcus like Randy, like a lot of the Michigan people out here, um, you know, just being so welcoming and so um, uh, so so encouraging of, of everything I'm doing, you know, and like mm-hmm. everything everyone is doing. And, and, you know, there's no like there's no vibes or judgment. So that's that's been a really good thing. Not saying that like it's like that in Michigan, but I, you know, moving to a big city, I'm, I'm you know, I've only ever lived in Michigan. So little worried like man what's the you know what's it gonna be like but luckily everything's been super you know super comforting and and i mean everyone's just you know it's inspiring because everyone is just like killing all the time so that's that's a huge part of it too from what i get from what i can tell i mean we were the other night we were at the monday monday 
anniversary series. Uh, musicians all kind of coming together and supporting each other. Mm-hmm. It seems like the the music environment here is very welcoming and supportive, even though it is so competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's huge because that's that's an aspect where I'm like, man, like there's I've never been in a position where there's like hundreds and hundreds of like saxophone players where it's just mm-hmm. you know that that vibe and it's not you know it hasn't felt daunting because like i don't know i mean first off like everyone like we're all i mean everyone i've met and and you know have come in contact with so far has been like super nice and like everyone we're all just like mm-hmm. yeah we're just passing it around like that's that's the vibe and starting to get used to that you know that mentality i mean it helps us all like if the more of us that think of it like that but that was yeah that was definitely daunting because especially you know at western where there's you know a couple couple saxophone players you know a couple people you really can you know maybe get lost in your own thing if if you mm. aren't aware of of like what it's really it's really going on and i mean for me i think going to school with like you know social media age blah 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 like i was kind of going to school with everyone in my generation so you know I'm here at Western, but like you know, there's that guy over there, that person. The over world's kind of got a little bit smaller with everything yeah. online now. So it's it's yeah, it it didn't it didn't feel too jarring when you know because we we all just kind of know, and also too like I think our school was really good at you know exposing us to like real people who are on the scene and what it's really like, and you know like cats, not just like celebrities or whatever the you know not, but you mm-hmm. know I think I think that was really important just to see like what is it really like and. In a big city and and hearing different people's takes like sometimes it is as crazy as you think it is and but it doesn't have to be I, I don't think but but yeah yeah so your experience is more like this is um a collective like everybody's kind of like working to help each other it's not yeah. as competitive as you know like some things in school might be right and at least that's how I feel you know and that could be like you know privilege I, I was I was very lucky to come here and and to just like have a, a big network already um you know, if I, if I would come and, and not known it's many people would have been a lot harder, I think, to sort of like build that, you know, because, it, you know, on the other hand, it is, it is true. Like cats, you know, cats want to hire their homies and cats want to, you know, do mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then if you're not a homie, then it's it's a little tougher, I think. And, um, you know, with music, like luckily and, and, and the reason why I'm because I'm, th- I'm thinking about like the photography world now versus the music world with music, like it's you know we can get together and and be like hey let's play you know but like if you want to connect with photographers it's like hey let's you know go be alone for several hours or you know so it's you you have if you want to connect with someone in that way you just have to like be their friend already which right okay you know super super you know super weird to put this into like i think you know terms but like that's you know it, it makes it a little bit harder i think to connect with that community if you know if you're not in it if you're not there you know if you aren't your friend so so with with music at least at the very least you know it's and i think in in you know jazz specifically you can really easily just like go to a session go to a thing bring your horn you know do that sort of thing but yeah you know the two the two are very different i, I think it's it's been interesting like getting insight onto onto both worlds yeah Nice. Like how you said, having have it, you already kind of had that network of people you knew here, and how helpful that was. Was that part of your decision making process when you were thinking, you know, is LA yeah, the next move for me? I, I kind of want to know because um, I mean, it sounds like that was uh, a deciding factor. But um, you know, from where we grew up, I know, at least for me, it was LA, Chicago, or New York. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to know if there was like 
some other um, reasonings behind like choosing the the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. I think same same with me. Kind of you know in that area. I think we all are like Chicago, New York, L.A. Um, for me specifically, um, uh, I, I, like early into my into my you know journey, I realized that a lot of the musicians that I really admired and liked and wanted to work with were out here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of like at, you know, I think like the beginning of high school, I just knew that like I wanted to go to LA. That's where, you know, that's where, that's where, you know, I wanted to go down and, um, and, you know, I, I saved room for like, okay, what, you know, but what if New York, cause there, there was a, there was a point in time where I, I really thought I was going to be like, you know, like a, like saxophone player, you know, yeah, like same. session, you know, and for I'm that, gonna, I'm gonna hit all those jazz clubs. Exactly. In New York. Yeah. I'm gonna play, and I'm gonna shed my doubles. I'm gonna be, you know, a, a, a tool in in the in the band. Of, mm -hmm. You know, so um, so I, I, you know, I thought about New York. I, I think that New York is a great place to do that. And so I was like, okay, maybe that's a thing. But I kind of figured out that's not really what I'm trying to do. Um, so, you know, I, after a couple of years, everything just started to sort of like clear itself, clear itself up, um, okay. and and LA became. Yeah, became a clear choice for me. Awesome, cool. Well, well, uh, let's transition into into photography because um, you know I, I haven't uh, known you for too long, but it seems you know from what I've seen, it's kind of just like blown up for you, uh, and it's uh, like very artistic stuff, uh, really tasteful like shots. I kind of want to know how you got into that and um, how that's going for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I started photography actually together with my wife. We started um, like late into the into the into 2020, late into the summer of 2020. Um, I mean, everyone was on lockdown. You know, everyone like picked up hobbies, and we both were like just super suddenly. Well, the way it started was you know in Kalamazoo, like there's a lot of estate sales, a lot of garage sales. And then one day, you know, we kind of were just like, what if we, you know, go and just see if we can like get some film cameras or something, you know, like, okay, I've always wanted to, you know, like, I've been thinking about photography, but like, something about the digital process just doesn't like click with me. So we were like, yo, like, you know, people are starting to shoot film again. And, and, um, you know, like, the estate sales in Kalamazoo, I mean, that's one thing Kalamazoo, Michigan is great for if you want to get a really nice, but also very cheap. 35 millimeter film camera that's the place to go <laughs> Kalamazoo is the place. yeah yeah here you know plug plug um but uh so we would go around to these these sales we pick up cameras for cheap you know it'd be like this was my husband's he was a private inspector and like i just wanted to go to a you know good person and it's like ten dollars you know so that's how we started you know we were able to equip, equip ourselves and you know we learned the, the how to shoot film like that whole process because a part of it was was a part of the process you know we loved the process the, the slowing the slowing down of every of everything you know um you know taking your time taking one shot at a time that sort of thing so you know in a time where pandemic you know not much is going on we're trying to create we're trying to do mm -hmm. anything you know to stay sane we we just really like took to this and for me i mean i mean my wife she's she's really she's a a one of those artists that's really like you know, every, you know, everything she touches is like, you know, I, this is my, I can master this passion, you know, like this is, this is it. She's a ceramicist. She's a vocalist. She's also a film photographer, you know? And so like, I wanted, I wanted like something like that. I was like, okay, well I, I play saxophone and oh, well, that's music and I compose and oh, that's also music. Oh, I'm starting to produce and oh, that's also music. So I really wanted, you know, something to express myself in. 
in a completely new way. Yeah, another art form. Exactly. And so I, I took to it. We took to it really fast. Um, we we were taking photos all the time. We started buying bigger, more expensive cameras. You know, we started experimenting with stuff. We from the beginning, you know, we we've always developed our own film and scanned our own film. So the whole process has been, you know, totally one hundred percent in our hands. And that's you know that's how we wanted it. We wanted to be able to. Um, I mean, that's that's also why I think we progressed so fast because we were able to take a photo, develop it, and see the results of that day, and then be like, okay, I'll go, I'll do this differently the next day. Okay. We just had ample time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing I think you know that I have to I have to you know be honest about is that you know having that time and and those resources enabled me to progress really quickly. And another another thing about it is that like this was my second art form and. You know, my first art form was was learning jazz music. And so, as you know, we're very used to, like, extremely militant practice. You sure. know, that's the norm. And so when I would go out and shoot photos, like, it would be for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, just like, so a lot of people are like, how did you get, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, like, we, we've we learned, like, the hardest American art form, like, <laughs> yeah. of all time. Like, you know, and, and still trying to learn. You're still trying to figure out. So I, that intensity, that... You know, I'm sort of that we're ingrained with. I took that to photography and, you know, obsessively like, you know, trying to just like figure it out until until, you know, you get the enough technique to just do it on your own. And like I, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And like a lot of people think, I'm, you know, like, oh, are you, you know, like you got this new gear, you're doing that. Like I like to, you know, get the stuff that can help me do what I'm thinking of. And then I kind of I, I kind of stop. And like that's like now I'm, I'm here. I, I have the tools I need. And now you know, I can create. So, mm-hmm. you know, happened really quickly, but we, we, um, yeah, we, we, we both really took to it. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, and one of our, um, mentors, mutual mentors, Andrew Rathman, he, uh, I, I remember one of the lessons that really stuck with me was the, the what if factor, yeah. oh my God. right. And it's so simple, mm-hmm. but when you, when you apply it to other things, like, uh, you're talking about photography, what if I take this at this angle? What if I do this under this lighting this mm-hmm. time? Um, Exhausting, yeah. All yeah. those. And, and I was, I mean, on the way here, I was actually just thinking about him because I was really grateful because, you know, you know, he's, he's a, a very self-critical person. You know, he's very hard on himself, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, he finds a way to not put that on his students. So for me, I was able to just watch for six years like a masterclass on how to ask yourself all of the questions you need to ask yourself to grow. Yeah. You know, him giving, him giving us, you know, I mean, subconsciously and consciously the tools we need to like, to self, you know, self perpetuate. And so that's why, I mean, I think that's one of the greatest, the greatest things I learned from him was just like, how can this be better? Um, all the parameters by which you can change something, you know, like, well, in, in music we have like, okay, well, here's this melody. Well, it can, you know, it can be played forwards, backwards. You can, in, you can invert it. You can, you know, oblique motion, there's contrary, all these like things you can do. It's the same with photography, you know, right. the color, the hue, the lighting, the composition, the medium, are you using film? Are you shooting digital? You know, are you shooting like what aspect ratio? All these little things are the ingredients that go in that make whatever it is. And, and with Andrew, I mean, he, he only teaches his students to, to make what, what it is only you can make. Mm-hmm. And so diving into that process of, you know, finding just every, be, being excited that like I can change this even just like 1% to make it just a little bit more mine, just a little bit more of my identity, you know, 
just watching him constantly do that, I think was like the biggest, you know, lesson I learned. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's something that you like, it sticks with you. Yeah. You carry it with yeah, you. truly. That's awesome. Um, well, talk to me a little bit about some of uh, your personal influences, um, whether that be in uh, music or photography, um, anything outside of the arts, like... Who are some people that you were listening to? You know, whose uh, whose uh, brains would you pick? You know, if you could. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of the brains I would I would want to pick are um, are uh, Japanese manga artists. So I'm I'm okay. super super into manga and anime uh, ever since I was. I mean, so so my uh, I have three sisters. My oldest sister, um, Charmaine, who is uh, 46. My middle sister, Clarissa who's uh, gonna be 40 this year, I think, and then my youngest sister, who's 36. And my middle sister, she, you know, so she was she was watching anime in the late 80s and the 90s, and so, you know, she's watching Sailor Moon, she's watching, um, you know, like, Super Gals, and like, I'm getting exposed to this as a, as a very young kid, and so anime and, and manga's been a part of my life, like, you know, before music, so, okay. you know, Getting into that sort of thing, I mean, the, the second album I released was entirely based on um, Full Metal Alchemist, the, um, the, uh, the, the manga series by Hiromu Arakawa. And so the thing about, like, mangaka is that they, like, I mean, they, they've created, they've created this, this, this art form that, like, I mean, imagine all of the greatest literature in history, but, you know, imagine if they also, like, illustrated them along with it. That's mm-hmm. what manga is, you know? And, like, you know thinking about how how these people come up with like these just insane worlds and these insane you know feelings and you know that's like really influenced like how I've tried to how I've tried to move you know some of like the the greatest creators I think like for example um Hirohiko Araki the uh the um mangaka who wrote Jojo's Bizarre Adventure you know I've, oh, some of yeah. you guys know yeah so Jojo's like has a has a reputation because like pretty much every generation thinks of it as something different because Jojo's Bizarre Adventure has been in publication since like the 80s. It was in, you know, the the um, Fist of the North Star era, and there's still new Jojo's coming out today. Mm-hmm. And it is unprecedented for a manga artist to continually reinvent himself because the way his the way Jojo's works is that each, you know, each uh, each season is a, is an entirely new protagonist. Which if you're someone who's writing for, you know, Shonen Jump, a publication where it's like. You know, you need your readers, you need your thing, like, mm-hmm. um, especially in the 80s, like having a, a, a character, main character like that, that was how you got, um, that's how you keep your fan base, you know, because like, I'm going to buy the, the the plushy toy of this dude and the thing of that dude, like, that's how you do it. And he was just like, well, this character is done, so I'm going to do another one. And like that courage of just like, you know, I take so much inspiration of just all the wacky decisions and choices and, and it teaches me like the creation yeah the creation because they i mean we know that all all art artistic masters they all have there's all a common thing you know araki doesn't think of it as drawing manga he's mm-hmm. this is just like he wrote a book on like how to how to be creative and it, it's nothing about manga you know and yeah. it's so that like you know that's a huge part of my of my writing process and my you know just thinking process of like I'm not just creating an album. I'm not just creating a, you know, whatever. I'm trying to create like, you know, this this world, this universe that I've, you know, had the pleasure of experiencing like so many, uh, you know, since childhood. So mm-hmm. that's I think that's a that's a a huge part of it for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I can remember as a kid, um, 
uh, I haven't gotten too into anime, but um, Dragon Ball was like the first uh, mm-hmm. thing that I watched. And Dra- uh, Dragon Ball is about as far as I go <laughs> yeah. too. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's if you're gonna start somewhere, that's that's a good yeah. place. Yeah, I, I can remember being really little and 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 hating it. I was like, oh, I don't like when they fight. Mm. This is too intense. And yeah. I don't one, one summer, I don't know what happened at school, but I came back and that was just my thing. Yeah. I wanted all the clothes. I wanted the toys. Yep. Like it was uh. And and to this day, the the development of their characters, like you think that it can uh, only go so far, mm-hmm. but like this guy keeps finding people, like and keeps leveling up. Exactly. And, to, like, and I think also too to what you said, like I think that was a that was a common reaction I think to American audiences because like when anime came, you know, like the rules were different. Like it's like what, like this isn't you know, uh, um. I don't, I don't know what was what was playing in, in the US at the time, like all the 90s shows. Oh, like all that or something. You know, like sure, it's, it's different, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's Ninja just, Turtles. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ninja Turtles, you know, like all great American. X-Men. Yeah, yeah, all really good American, um, you know, media. But like the rules were so much different. So I feel like a lot of kids were either like scared or like, whoa, like what is this? Put and, off like, from it. Yeah. Exactly, put off. And, and you said you came back around because like, and I also, I also think like, I mean, with, with me specifically, obviously, I think about this a lot, but, like, the correlation of, like, anime um, in America and, like, the black community, you know, like, it's just such a weird, uh, you know, mix where we've just, like, taken to this this thing because I think a lot of the themes are, you know, relatable to us specifically because it's, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I, I, I just know of, like, me me and I think I think I'm, like, the last... I'm like the youngest you can be, but like me and, you know, my homies, like we all remember just like, you know, following Goku or like for us more, it was Naruto, you know, because I mean, we saw sure. saw Dragon Ball Z reruns, you know, but for us, like following this person who is from another place who, you know, doesn't really have like a history he can, you know, connect to, mm-hmm. but is overcoming like every obstacle. Because I mean, the thing is, is like, in Dragon Ball specific and Dragon Ball specifically, you know, he in the later chapters, he's facing gods, you know, and like that's mm-hmm. what it feels like sometimes when you're facing these institutions. It's like, how do I go up against something that is like so so permanent and so all encompassing and watching someone like, you know, see every step of how they do it and then like finally achieve it like that's constantly like, battling and you know yeah because struggling after, through but finally overcoming exactly it. because the rules of the show are once the person you know who once 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 the person who you've defeated gets defeated the rules are that the next most powerful one has to come and so it's that's that's a part of it and so i think a lot of us really like um really gravitated toward the towards this and like feeling like that that confidence and that that you know like yeah like maybe against all odds and like i've totally you know whether i like to admit it or not but like i've totally bought in because like yeah you know my, my wife like so she's also she's also super in anime she always is like oh yeah like you're such a shonen protagonist because i'm always just like <laughs> thinking like yeah like i can do this like there's no way like i you know i just have to scheme you know mm-hmm. i'm just always yeah. like in this this scheming kind of like always constantly trying to overcome myself and you know and i really think that you know, a lot of us who were watching anime at that time inherited that spirit. And mm-hmm. that's that that's just something super interesting. Um uh uh you know that we're seeing. So Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I love that you can take um 
everything that you love, like all of your passions, and like apply it to like the rest of your art form, like yeah, your process. Yeah, in, in your process. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's been something that I've been like really trying to hone in on. Is I. I mean, I just. I just realized at a certain point, and I was like, the more I go inwards and figure out, you know, the silly little things that I like, like this, like the really stupid stuff. And, you know, the stuff that I'm, you know, that I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, no, that's dumb. Or like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, I really try to hone in on that and, and expose it and just like fully expose it so that, because it adds to, you know, this thing that I'm doing, you know, like all of the, all of the stuff that we, you know, that we find are, are great in art is like, oh, you know, well, that person was the first person to do that. You know, that person most likely was was ridiculed for that, you know, or, or mm -hmm. something, you know, that's a common thing. But like, I realized that like, the more I learn about myself, the more I can put myself into my art. And I realized I was like, okay, well, like, I know that anime is a huge, and, and manga is a huge part of my life. But I also know that like, it's being incorporated now in ways that like, you know, like it's, 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 it's mainstream now. And so for me, I knew that like, well, I have to go, I have to go deeper. I need to like figure out what really is it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not like you can like, see anime happening all in my stuff it's more like the subtle stuff like for example my record Honheim Suites like even a lot of Full Metal Alchemist fans you know not on first try will read that and and they don't they don't know it's from Full Metal Alchemist because it's it's in the subtext you know and that's I think that's something that like finding out those little things about yourself and just injecting them and making this this world that you're trying to build it's you know seeing someone do it like in manga like it's I'm just trying to copy them I'm just trying to you know Okay, awesome. And um, like with your projects, I, I kind of want to get into like, I mean, we're talking about grabbing influence from everywhere. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, your writing process, like from, you know, from, from, from start to finish, like it's, it's different for everybody, but like, what, what's it like for you? So um, I guess my writing process now is um, it's, it's different than it's ever have been. Um, in the past, my writing process is usually like a, it's usually like a, a, a mixture of like, I have a concept, um, you know, I write, I write some music, like some very dedicated music to, for it. Um, you know, how I write it depends on what it is. Like, so for my first record, Planets, that was more of like a guerrilla style, like production, you know, writing, like it was, it was way more about the production than the writing because I, I just, you know, it was quick and I had to, you know, that sort of thing. So like, my writing process was almost entirely in Ableton and, you know, coming up with demos and like swapping stuff out, you know, that sort of thing. With Hohenheim Suites, that was a little bit more traditional in that I, you know, I sat down and wrote, you know, the scores and, and yeah. you know, like the official, like you can, you can buy like the official Hohenheim Suites score, that sort of thing, which, you know, vary in that, in that world. So, um, but, but now my writing process, um, you know, this isn't like, announced or anything but I'm, I'm working on my third record oh, nice. and um uh my writing process is is um i, I mean a little bit of, of setup the, the third record i mean this it sounds weird but i'm trying to make it like the one i'm trying to make it like okay all right industry i'm tired of you not hearing me <laughs> this is it this is it this bam is this is my record come on so i'm trying to you know i'm putting a lot into it mm -hmm. so my writing process for i I wanted to do something totally different. So I realized that, you know, I really like writing, you know, the really composed, sophisticated, you know, whatever you want to call it, like really intentional stuff. You know, I like making stuff that, you know, that's, that's really beat oriented. Um, 
And so for this record, I'm trying to combine the two in an organic way. Okay. And so for me, like all of the things that I like, you know, counterpoint, anime, you know, this, that producer, that composer, you know, ev like every, everything is fair game to mm -hmm. go into, into this record. And so my writing process for it has been, you know, basically learning how to compose the way I used to compose in Sibelius in Ableton so that, you know, I'm not inundated by measure lines and, right. you know, time signatures. I can just be like, oh, cool, this is how that sounds. How about I do that time signature situation? You know, figuring it out after and, like, really making it organic and, and um, writing in the same place that I'm going to record and produce and, and making it really organized and, you know, trying to make it so that the music is the music will be able to 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 be you know produced in in a different way like right you know right now i'm writing it in like a basic like okay i know i want like a saxophone type voice a guitar type voice and and by type voice i mean like this one might handle melody this one might handle counter melody this mm -hmm. one is harmony this one you know thinking in like these basic groups so that when it comes time to produce like record and produce i don't have to put a saxophone there i can find some weird instrument and then now my my brain is in production mode where it's like cool, that melody that I know works, that I've worked out and, you know, done that sort of thing to, it'll work with this really weird synth that I found on garage, you know, that sort of thing. Like, so making the process just really, you know, really open and, and, and flowed, but still having this intense, intense, like, um, like complexity and, and, and foundation that I can, you know, launch off of. So yeah. that's been my writing process lately. And I'm, you know, I was a little self-conscious about it because, as we know, with with our mentors and our teachers, as good as they as good as everyone is, it also means that they're passionate about their stuff. So they think that their stuff is right. So they think that you know blah blah blah. Sure. So you know, I was like, man, well, I'm really not writing the way that you know this person wanted me to, or I'm not doing this, you know. And it wasn't that I was like, I'm not doing it the way. It was more of just like, well, I know that this works because I respect that person, and that's what they do, mm -hmm. you know. So I really had to like trust myself. It's like, well, this isn't what anyone I know does, but this feels right, you know, and just following that and and just sort of trusting that like the more myself I make it, I don't have to worry about is this going to be, you know, good commercially? Is this going to be good that way? And I mean, I, I honestly, it sounds weird to say, but I think it will. But, you know, it's just right. like a, it's not a, it's just like a get out of your own, get out of your own way, I think, and, and try to try to do it, which like, you know, all of the, all of the best people have mastered with. So, you know, we're all trying to get there. That's awesome. So, yeah. When you when you start your your process, your writing, are you are you seeing individual tracks? Or when you start that process, do you already kind of see the album as a whole? Yeah, I'm I really start like concept first. So like with a theme. Yeah, with like a theme of some sort, some sort of like template that I like to work on. Like for me, for example, like I come up with two names first. Like that's like the first thing I do. Two names or like the album name first. That's important. Which, yeah, it's like super important for me. It helps, you know, it helps guide me and like you know, I used to be really rigid about it because I'm, you know, still learning about my process. You know, I needed some rigidity, like, okay, that's a decision. You need to make it. But now it's more of like I can swap things around, but I, I still like to have that, you know, rigidity. But, mm -hmm. you know, so I start with like the album name or I start with the tune name because I feel like for me envisioning it's it's, you know, it in the physical space helps me to walk up that large mountain of, of decision making, mm -hmm. you know, because that's all it is, is like, you know, today when I'm writing a song, all it is is just if you zoom in, just like, okay, that melody sucks. Okay, no, that rhythm sucks. Okay, no, that harmony sucks. And then you have a tune. 
And then you do that 10 times, you have 10 tunes. And then it's like, okay, well, that, you know, concept doesn't, that name isn't, you know, that mix, you know, so it's just like yeah. tons of decisions that you're, you're making. And, and, um, for me, it's just been, um, it's, it's been, you know, like I was saying, like a, a, a exercise in, in self-discovery and trying to, you know, trying to, trying to come up, come up with that. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So you've got the, um, the new album that you're working on, um, Steadily working in photography. Is there anything else that you're that you're working on that you're excited about the next few months? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I haven't like announced anything yet, but um, I, you know, this is this is this will be a little soft launch because you can you can come through. You heard it here first, people. This is a little soft. <laughs> truly, truly did. Yeah, exclusive. But um, I have a uh, I have a studio over in uh, in Boyle Heights, um, and uh, it's I think it's a really good space. Um, I wanted to make a place that was, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to do anything that, you know, I wasn't really qualified to do. So it's not really the place to come to record drums or to record a live band. But like, you know, if you're a, if you're a horn player, if you're a vocalist, I mean, I have, you know, I have some, a lot of like nice vintage instruments. I've got some analog gear, you know, it's a really beautiful space as well. Like I really tried to make it a space that's comfortable. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to have people come and 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 make some art. It's called the it's called the Stratosphere. That's awesome. the uh, that's nice. the uh, studio name. So and and it's um it's the Stratosphere Studio at yeah at the Stratosphere Studio on Instagram. So that's a little little you know from me to you. Cool, man. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that that's what we're all about here is trying to build connections and building a network of. Uh, artists in like every fashion so um yeah that's really amazing thank yeah. you for that um so so where, where can people find uh find your music how, how can we find you online yeah. um what, where can we find your stuff yeah so um you can find me everywhere at stratos tones um i'm on instagram i'm on twitter my website is stratostones.com you can find all my music on spotify and apple music and all the stuff um, you can also find my music on Bandcamp if you're a real one. You, know, yeah. you, can, you can help me stay here in L.A. Um, uh, I have a print shop. Um, I mean, luckily, luckily, all this stuff is, you know, I make it really easy to find. If you if you just go to, I think it's called Instagram.com, you can go on, you can go in my bio at Stratos Tones. You can see this little link at the bottom, link tree. That's like literally everything. You can see all the interviews and reviews and where music is going to come and, you know, all that stuff. And um yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it awesome cool. yeah there we go well, yeah let us know when the uh the album drops yeah absolutely. yeah we're excited to hear it there it is ladies and gentlemen stratos thanks for having me